Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your true heel phenom, SP3. We are live on the Sportskeeda Wrestling YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for another edition of Smack Talk. I am in the lead chair this week. Rick Uchino is the man on the site. He is in Cleveland, Ohio for the latest edition of SmackDown. He's going to join us in a little bit, but of course, I am here with the legendary Dutch Mantel. Dutch, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing great tonight. Hey, we got a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. And because when I'm kind of uh, interested in something, which I was tonight, we got a lot, a lot to talk about. And I, I love the way that it was booked tonight. I love the way it was laid out. It was almost, it was almost perfect, really. I don't think they could have... You know, I, I want to knock something so bad, but there was nothing knockable tonight. Uh, I, I enjoyed the show. I liked the show. And uh, I was going to bring up because tonight is the opening night of the Olympics. And that's what SmackDown was going up against. But yeah. I think their rating, I think we just talked about that right before we went on the air. I think their rating last week was over 2 million for both hours. It was, and I, and I and I may be wrong. I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm just, but I think, you know, you don't know the quality of a show till you see it. But tonight, if people watch this, I think they stayed tuned to to the last hour, and they did have some surprises on here, but they were surprises that uh, that I liked. So, and I think, you know, we've been talking for I don't know weeks and weeks and weeks about Roman not having an opponent. Remember us talking about that? And said, who yes, are you gonna who's he going to go against? He has an opponent now. He has John Cena. And let me ask you this: when they ran the list of all all the tour cities that they're going to, is Cena on those cards? Yes, he is. They announced uh, this week the uh, basically summer of Cena with uh, him making appearances. He's going to be on every single SmackDown from here on until SummerSlam. And he's going to appear on two different uh, episodes of Monday Night Raw besides the one that he was on this week. Dutch, this is the first time we're seeing you since Money in the Bank. What was your thoughts on his return at Money in the Bank before we get into things on tonight's SmackDown? Well, I, I did see the uh, the recap of it. I thought it was good. I thought it was great. He didn't need to do any more than what he did because the people have already taken the pay-per-view. All he has to do now is push him in reins. And yeah. so uh, so let's go into his, his intro tonight. Yeah. John Cena got Roman Reigns over more tonight than Roman got himself over in the last three months. Because Cena talking about him and as the head of the table and acknowledge and all this kind of stuff, he brought it all to a head. And he says, hey, and he, he brought the fans into it. He wants everybody to stand up if they're Roman Reigns fans. And, you know, and he got the crowd involved in it. And I think uh, he did more to advance Roman Reigns than Paul Heyman and Roman have done on their own. For the last three months just for talking about it you agree 
I, and acknowledging Roman Reigns is always going to put him over and someone like John Cena acknowledging him. And I just got to say, I just got to say it once. I've said it a couple of times. John Cena, it only took him 20 years almost, but he is finally the baby face that WWE always wanted him to be because tonight was no different from Monday Night Raw, an all-time pop at Money in the Bank. But tonight he was he was the most over guy. When As soon as the music hit, Rick Eugenio put up on uh, Twitter that it was so loud in the building all the fans are so happy to see john cena and the fact that he's in a feud with roman reigns yeah it does elevate him because you know john cena is at that status where he gets the legends pop he's considered a legend of the business so by basically coming in and all he's focused on is roman reigns you're you're definitely right it elevates roman reigns in the eyes of fans tremendous so and that was like that was the start of the show. I thought I wasn't gonna be able to see the show because I'm watching TV and all of a sudden I heard this big crack of lightning. I mean a thunder and then lightning. Uh oh. And I said, oh. And then this, then my cable went out. And I said, well, I'll be. I mean, I was really looking forward to this show, not only because of you know Cena was gonna be on it and I thought it would be a good show, but because of the simulcast. Yeah. Had, and I, they've never done this before. No, see what we saw. We, what we saw history tonight. I've never seen. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but to broadcast a, a, a SmackDown or Raw, I may be wrong. From two cities, I've seen pay per views done that way, but I've yeah. never seen something like SmackDown. And we'll get to Miami in a minute, which was another thing that that we need to talk about. But uh, I, I love the first segment, and uh, and and what followed that first segment. Uh, well, we got to talk about the first segment. Yeah, because, I, was, know, I, was gonna, I was I was going to just going to bring up the second one, but yeah, I'm not through <laughs> talking about that either. But I'm all over the place because I I enjoyed the show, and very rarely do I enjoy a wrestling show because after you've seen ten thousand shows, I don't know if I've seen that many, but I've seen a hell of a lot, and I've been on a lot. But you know, it takes a lot uh, to in, in, enthuse me about. Uh, our, our wrestling shows, you know, I've seen so many, and they all run together after a while. Yeah, this was the type of episode that got you excited for what's to come and the rest of the night. Uh, if you're watching this right now on YouTube, drop us a like. Share this video on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the Sport Tequila Wrestling YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified because we always have great content right here. Every single Friday night, me, Dutch, and Rick, we review Friday Night SmackDown. But yeah, like you said, it was a hot open with Cena getting the crowd into the whole show. And I like the fact that Roman didn't come out when he called him out. I like the fact that it was Paul Heyman that comes out and basically telling him that the tribal chief is going to be here that he was going to answer john cena's challenge and then him mocking the uh cena theme song just had me tickle it tickled me that was a great way see, to start the show to me see that's the part i missed i mean my cable came back but it came in after all that so i i, I got to where is roman range where is he and it went so <laughs> and then i waited and waited and waited and i said no don't don't tell me that this cable has gone out now so anyway but well, uh, since, go since, ahead. Since we're talking about uh, John Cena. We should talk about the ending of the night because that's what it led into with Roman Reigns coming down and he cut 
one hell of a promo. Like I've been very big on Roman Reigns promo work since he's become the tribal chief, the head of the table. But I have to say, Dutch, he's stepped up his game because he knows he's going against one of the all-time great promos in John Cena. And it's him calling out Cena saying, oh, I thought you were going to come out with something new. You came out with a nostalgia act. All I had to do was go on internet and yeah. look up John Cena from 2005. He was like, it's always the same thing with you. It's like missionary's position. It's the same that thing was good. every that was good. single night. What a line. That was just no, that was good line and i like the the little swerve at the end with not john cena coming out but finn balor and finn balor making the challenge to roman reigns do you think that they are changing course or do you think we're going to get uh finn balor and roman reigns on tv in the next couple of weeks i uh, will get to, i i think that was a part of it was brilliant to tell you the truth yes because let's say let's say cena has an accident tomorrow god forbid but now they've already put his replacement in place. So, and they just go from there, but he's got a replacement. Now you got to think, well, wait a minute, is it going to be Cena or is it going to be Finn Balor? Exactly. Because this is the part when I used to book, I used to make the fans do the thinking, let them think instead of me, but I, I got, I'm covered. Like WWE is covered now. So now they can think, well, is it, is it really going to be Cena? which makes Cena's house appearances more important because yeah. he may not be there at SummerSlam. This may be, he's almost doing a nostalgia last tour act is what he's doing. It's, you remember the Eagles when they went on tour? Hey, this is the, this is the end. Yeah. They, on, they only did that for 15 years. You know, this is their last time we're going out. We're not going to do it anymore. And then they just keep on and on and on and on. But I thought it was a great show. And, uh, and I think Roman, when he was doing his interview tonight, he was more relaxed. He was. Because he had a sounding board. He had those people out there right on top of him. And they, uh, you didn't hear any, I mean, they weren't smart alecky. They were glad to be there because yeah. now they're out of the house after this lockdown. Now they're talking about they want to go into another lockdown. I don't know, is this ever going ever, ever to end? So, but anyway, I, I think it was, he, he had uh, fans to bounce his, uh, his interview off of, and he was more loose. And he actually showed more personality than he was showing in that Thunderdome. When they said yeah. that, no more Thunderdome, thank God, no more Thunderdome. <laughs> I was so, and I'm not the only one. I hated no. the Thunderdome. It's hard to have a match. I mean, those guys got my respect when he was going to, no people out there, I mean, when you start out in the wrestling business, like I did 400 years ago, you know, I've been at shows, they'd have like eight people. Maybe sometimes they'd have three people paid, rest of them were family, but they didn't cancel the show. So, and that's, it's kind of hard to work in front of nobody. And that's what they were basically doing at the Thunderdome. But now to yeah. have those, have those fans back in there and have them attuned to what you're doing. I mean, it was a great show tonight. I mean, I cannot, I cannot knock this any, it was just, I mean, even the booking and even the timing of it was right on. It couldn't have been any better. And which shows the professionalism of WWE and it's, uh, I mean, even to book that and two cities. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, 
Uh, it's a it's a praiseworthy endeavor that they did tonight, doing it in two different cities. Uh, the fact that they, you know, they kept the fans in Cleveland inter entertained and engaged the entire night that they gave a reaction immediately after the stuff in Miami. They gave a reaction to the very next segment, which we'll get into. But we got to talk about, you know, what happened after John Cena's promo at the top of the show. Like we said, Finn Balor came out at the end of the night and challenged Roman Reigns, but he was also in the opening matchup as he went one-on-one -on -one with Sami Zayn. And I thought this was a really good matchup in Plus. front of a, a red-hot crowd. Uh, Finn Balor looks like he's still on the top of his game, bringing that, that work rate that he became famous for once again in NXT. And Sami Zayn was out there bumping and making him look like a million bucks. Though the sell job that he did on the shotgun job kicks, like he was bumping around like a madman. And Finn Balor got the win with the shotgun drop kicks and then the coup de gras to get the victory in nine minutes. What did you think about this match, Dutch? Talking about the shotgun drop kicks. Yeah. I mean, who's the, the guy? What's his name that changes the shots? The producer, what's his name? Uh Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. He doesn't need to he doesn't need to shoot away from that. <laughs> because when he hit Sammy Zayn with that, he was in the corner. It looked yeah. like he had killed the guy. I mean, the work tonight was just was basically off the chart because they didn't do anything stupid. I mean, it looked, it looked legit and we'll get to Miami in a minute. I'll tell you how legit that looked when we get to there, but, but, and Sami Zayn, he needed the win and it set up his appearance at the end of the show. Perfect. I mean, nothing, nothing wrong with the booking of this show at all. The right people went over, the timing was right. The announcing was right. So I'm very pleased with this. And I'm sure Vance is, somewhere like playing with himself because this show, this shows, <laughs> I hope not. I hope he's, I hope he's well, not he, doing a Jeffrey tubing somewhere, but I think it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a really, really good show. I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing with himself, Dutch, because oh. Money in the Bank was great. Monday Night Raw, their ratings was up. They almost did $2 million on Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, and then, you know, like last week, SmackDown did its highest rating since I think about like May or the or at least the SmackDown after WrestleMania. So you kind of got to tell that, you know, having fans back has helped wrestling overall, really. Like AEW is doing over a million and, you know, WWE's ratings is up this week. So it seems that fans being back has motivated more people to get back into the product and like you said before you know wrestling at thunderdome wrestling in the empty arenas or wrestling in front of just you know a minimum amount of fans it just isn't the same of a capacity crowd and we felt that in that opening matchup with sammy Zayn and uh and Finn Balor. That would have been just like a pretty good matchup in the Thunderdome, but it was a really, really good, borderline great match with that hot crowd in front of them. But they could have had the same match in the Thunderdome. Yeah. And you'd say, well, it was a good match. But they exactly. Hey, doing wrestling without fans is, I mean, it's just not there. You don't feel it because sometimes you can see something that, that might not even be good, but if the fans are in it you will kind of get caught up in their euphoria over it and get 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 with it yourself but anyway i, I enjoyed tonight's effort i did too i did too we got to move on to we had wait a, a minute wait a minute well, let's talk about a minute 
Yeah. Cor- Corbin's appearance. I was about to say that. The, the backstage segment with our guy, Barry Corbin, who who is hilarious once again, in my opinion, uh, Dutch. Uh, I like the... the where's that Rick Uchino when you need it? <laughs> He, he hates he hates Baron Corbin, but you know they keep putting him on there, and it's it's getting there. Yes, and it, yes. you see it, and every time he comes out, when he came on, I kind of laughed because now you had such a, a serious moment. Now here he comes; he's lost everything. The guy stole his website, got his identity, got his credit cards. Can it go any worse for him? And the woman looks at him, and he just walks off. It was, <laughs> and he said he, he noted that he had to take the bus to SmackDown, and that it smelled <laughs> really bad. Have you bad. ever taken a public bus? And I was actually talking about public transportation the other day because I've taken it before. Not the most enjoyable experience because no. you don't know who you're on there with, a drunk, a fight, or whatever. And especially when the people know who you are, and people messing with you. Absolutely. So, and it, I, didn't, it, I didn't like it. So go ahead. It seems that we have we have a run in here, Dutch. You, the person you were just asking for. We talked about Baron Corbin. We said Baron Corbin's name, and he he appears. Rick Chino live oh, on the screen. Here we go. It is really loud in here, so I can't hear a word you're saying. But I will. Uh, I'll just get to my ear nice and close to you guys whenever you ask me a question. But uh, my God, what a hot crowd in Cleveland tonight, boys! I know you had to be enjoying that show. We talked about the final segment, uh, Rick. But what was your thoughts on Roman uh, getting confronted and challenged by Finn Balor here tonight? Oh, it was a hell of a swerve. Uh, I did not uh, expect that to be coming. I know Finn has been doing, uh, you know, the the kayfabe interview saying he wants a shot at Roman Reigns. I still don't think that, I mean, based off of the dark match main event that we got tonight, by the way, that featured John Cena wrestling against the bloodline alongside the Usos, uh, or excuse me, alongside the Mysterios, it's still going to be Cena and and, uh, Cena and Reigns at SummerSlam. I think we're going to get this Balor match first, though, and it is going to be a banger. Uh, and speaking of bangers, Balor and Sammy, that was every bit as good live uh, here tonight, and the crowd was on fire for Mr. Finn Balor. So it was a nice swerve. I'm not buying it. I still think Cena reigns as the match at SummerSlam. I think I think we're all on the same page there. I, I me and Dutch kind of said the same thing. I think we're gonna get Finn Balor and Roman Reigns on TV, which should be one hell of a TV matchup. Uh, we just brought up your your favorite person in the world, Rick Uchino, Baron Corbin. What was your thoughts on his promo and the backstage segment with uh, Kevin Owens in the night? We didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it. We didn't get it in Cleveland. What we got was. So they were showing all of the stuff at uh, the Loud Festival that wasn't very loud from what I could tell on Twitter. Um, So they were showing all of that stuff, and we were getting a a massive uh, six-man tag match. So what we saw, like a 30-minute mixed tag match with – it was Ziggler and Rude and uh, who was the other heel? Uh, Apollo against Big E, Nakamura, and Cesaro. So that's what we were watching while everything else went down. Now, my seats were directly behind the video truck. So I saw I saw that there was something going on with Baron Corbin. I saw he got hit in the, uh, in the nether regions <laughs> by a microphone, uh, but I did not actually get to see 
the segment. So it was uh, a little bit confusing about what was actually on TV and what we actually got to see. But I didn't get to see any of the backstage stuff with Corbin tonight. Well, how, how was the crowd doing the, the eight-man tag? The crowd was hot. The, the crowd was hot all night long, except for really the, the Tony Storm match with Zelina was a little bit quiet. But I believe that was because there's just not a lot of people there who know these two ladies yet. Uh, but when uh, Tony hit her finisher tonight, it was beautiful. The crowd got a nice pop. You could tell who the wrestling fans were when Tony's music hit because uh, they got loud. And then, you know, everybody in my section, including the, uh, the, the ladies next to me, they're like, Who's this? What's her story? So I'm trying to fill them in. You know how it's going. But uh, the crowd was on fire all night long tonight. Great, great. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear. And you could tell, even with Roman's interview, how happy and he was that there was fans in the crowd that he could play off of. Oh, he, he was eating it up. He was eating <laughs> it up tonight. And my dude, the, the line of the night. I cannot believe yeah. we heard yeah, Roman we, we, Reigns. We were talking about that. John Cena to the missionary position on on Fox. Wow. That uh, that got a great pop uh, for me, especially. That was hilarious, and honestly, it was a great analogy. Uh, to be completely honest with you, because it's like it is the same John Cena that we've seen in 2005, even in the dark match main event tonight. Like he gets the hot tag, and I'm like, oh, here we go, tackle, tackle. Uh, what is it? The the suplex, and then he hits the five knuckle shuffle, and then he hits the. Uh, AA, it's the same hot tag we saw in 2002. So, I mean, I get it. People still went nuts for it. So, you know, it is uh, it is what it is. So, what what was the final match of the night? Uh, the dark match, what was that? Yeah, so that was uh, Roman Reigns and the Mysterios against Reigns and uh, the Usos. Reigns did not wrestle very much at all. He was playing massive heat. There was a moment where where it looked like he and Cena, they finally got in the ring at the same time, and the crowd was going nuts, and then Roman just got that smirk on his face and said, nah, and rolled out of the ring and walked away, uh, which let Cena and the Mysterios beat the Usos. Okay. That's a smart that's a smart heel. That's why I love Roman Reigns. So so Rick, I know you gotta you 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 you're busy over there. Give us your top three. Who was the top three biggest reactions of the night in Cleveland? Uh, it was the, the, honestly, it was the, the three veterans. It was Edge, it was Cena, and um, Roman Reigns got a, a, a huge reaction as well. I mean, it was, but Finn Balor's pop was great too. Like I said, it, it's hard to pick, pick and choose the three, but if I had to go with the, the biggest reactions, it, it was those three. It was, uh, it was Cena, it was Edge especially. Big E got a nice pop tonight, but uh, I think the guy who got the biggest pop for sure was Cena, but Edge was a close second. Good. I love love the Edge segment. That's understandable, too, which goes to show you that people say, why do they go and get these veterans and bring them back? That's exactly why, because there's no get over time. They're already over. You just bring them back, and, you know, you can do a nostalgia tour at any time. And you can see there's a lot of thought went into this show because Vince has been sitting up there in that ivory tower for months thinking about how to, and he knows how to do it, how oh, to, yeah. bring, I mean, this, that, how to bring this that, together. 
I mean, that's why he brings these guys back, and especially it's for yeah. the casual fans. It's the casual audience. Like, that's that's what they're playing to. That's, you know, that they, they bring in these guys so they can get the... Oh, oh. oh got beat down. Got beat down. Jeremy yeah. Lambert from Fightful is here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Chino out. V-Trigger. This is what Yo. we do. This is Fightful. Fightful.com. Y'all have a good night. We're out. <laughs> what an angle. What an angle. They what worked an angle, an angle and, and didn't let us in on it. See? Oh my God! He he oh. teased it. Jeremy teased it on on Twitter. So please, please, folks, go follow Rick Uchino on Twitter and send him your breath, send him your prayer emojis because he just got B triggered live here on Smack Talk by that evil scoundrel Jeremy Lambert of Fightful of the distraction. Me and Dutch, we did we did a pay per view preview with him, so we wouldn't get that treatment. But apparently, Rick Uchino. Oh my God! Poor Rick, poor Rick. Uh, he poor he Rick. Had, he deserved it. <laughs> hey, what what did he say about Corbin? Did, did we ask him that? He said he said he didn't see it. He said they oh, didn't. Right, they, were, right. they weren't able to see it. But I I love the Corbin, especially the second segment, Dutch. Yes. We didn't get to talk about that with uh with Corbin and Kevin Owens. This was the first time that we got a sense that Baron Corbin may be going babyface. Where where Kevin Owens, you know, showed some sympathy for him. He yep. showed some you know some changing of his attitude now that he's down in the dumps. Uh, Kevin Owens asking him, "Is he wearing the same shirt from last?" Last week, this week it wasn't a coffee stain; it was a spaghetti stain because he yeah. talked about last yeah. week he has the the spaghetti out of the can. And um, he, Kevin Owen gives forty bucks, and he gets uh, he gets then he gets and then he, gets robbed. <laughs> he then gets he, the then shot, he got robbed by the dirty dogs. He got the shotty black heart ball to the balls, and then he got robbed by the dirty dogs. How much did you laugh at this segment, Dutch? Uh, well, I didn't quite laugh out loud, but I enjoyed it because uh, the Corbin segment is is lighthearted, but they could very easily pull the trigger on that and make him a heel. I thought when uh, Kevin Owens turned his back on him that he. Uh, he would he could nail him, but that would be too soon, of course. But he could say, change my attitude. Why don't you change your attitude and walk off? Yeah. But see, it'd be very easy to change him back. But you're kind of liking him now because he's down his luck and all this stuff. And and even though people said, oh, that's not true, you know, it, it he, he's playing a good character. And that's exactly what he needed because he was dead in his other character. He was just dead. I don't, I don't know. And this is the way the best way to revive a character is to kill it and then regrow it. And that's exactly. what you're doing. Exactly. I, I like what they're doing so far. You know me. I'm the person that was on the show and said he never saw a great Baron Corbin match. And I still haven't seen a great Baron Corbin match, but I'm seeing very, very good, funny segments in the but last now, couple of weeks for Baron they're, Corbin. They're telling a story about him. Exactly. Now, if he had the right little angle after this grows... And we give it time to, to come to the rise of the surface and get done. Now you might see a good Baron Corbin match, but he's got a story always trumps uh, work. Always. Remember Handsome Jimmy Valiant? Handsome yeah. Jimmy Valiant, he never really had a good match. Just people just loved him so much it didn't matter because he made you feel good and when people beat him up you felt bad sure. how you you want him to get even you know 
those Steve Austin, he could tell you, and he used to tell me, he said, I'm never going to be a good worker, but I'll be a good character. And he was his yeah. work. His work was whatever it was, but he, <laughs> he had the story, the rock. He had the story. Even Undertaker was never known for his work. He was known no. for his character. And that's what I'm saying. You have the character. Then you tell the story. You got it. That's all, that's all you need. I don't know what's so hard to understand about this. You know, you get your purist, your wrestling purist. They said, oh, well, you know, it's a slow match. It was this, it was that. Hey, how many times have you seen great actors in crappy movies? Plenty, plenty of you times. You know, because plenty. the story was the craps. Yeah. I mean, just you're just not interested in it. But you could take a good movie with a great story and put an unknown in it and you can get caught up in it. So, and cool. I, but somehow the, the purists, they break it all down to work ethic and, you know, work rate. And that's that Dave Meltzer influence on the, on the business is the work rate was down. You know, I thought one time what we need to do is take all these dirt sheet writers and we need to, oh, can you, we need to rate them. We need to say their word rate, was down a lot last week and it wasn't up to part of whatever that that would never be true of Meltzer because he is a, I will say one thing, he is a prolific writer and he yeah. can just, he, he'll sit down he'll, he can write you 200 pages in like two hours. So yeah. And he's a, he's a historian, like for all the bad we could say about him, he definitely knows how to write and you guys know how to write. Put your, put your thoughts on this episode of SmackDown in the live chat whole bunch of people watching us live either on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube right now. Share the link on all your favorite social media platforms. We got uh, Romeo from True Hill Heat in the live chat saying, is Finn being put in this SummerSlam match so Cena doesn't have to take a second pin to Roman? Do you think that we there's a possibility? You did you did say that this um, ending leaves the door open for in case, you know, John Cena gets hurt, John Cena can't perform, you know, he might have a movie or something like that do you think that they are setting up a triple threat between finn balor john cena and roman reigns for SummerSlam, dutch i can't hear you dutch i think you i think you might have you might have muted your mic <laughs> oh no oh no is it is it me that it's not hearing dutch can you guys hear dutch let me know in the live chat if you guys can hear Dutch. I know Dutch is uh he turned off his camera. Uh let me know in the live chat, but we're going to I'm going to move on and talk about we just lost Dutch. It's just me now. <laughs> can if you guys can hear me, let me know, but I'm going to move on and uh let you guys know um next up we had Big E who it was originally announced that Big E was actually supposed to be at the Rolling Loud uh, Miami, uh, and he was supposed to verse Apollo Crews, but apparently that match was changed. He came out for a promo, but it became a revolving door promo where everybody comes out and interrupts him. First, it was Apollo Crews with Commander Aziz. Uh, definitely, the fans gave uh, Big E a hell 
of a reaction, like Ricky Chino said, from Cleveland. They were loud for Big E, very excited. They showed clips of Big E's win at Money in the Bank, but he was interrupted by uh, Apollo Crews after the fans gave Big E a You Deserve It chant. Uh, he says that, you know, it's nice that he won the ladder match, but it's not like winning a championship, like how Apollo beat Big E for the Intercontinental title. Then suddenly the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode came out and interrupted. Uh, they started speaking. Uh, and then Rick Boogs with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura walked out. The fans were very loud for Nakamura singing his uh, theme song when all of a sudden Cesaro interrupted and he came in. Uh, he comes into a big reaction himself. He says that it's going to be swing time here in Cleveland, Ohio. And he comes down and he we get a whole big brawl. It, it felt very haphazard and very just random, but it happened. We got we got Dutch back. Dutch is back with us. Oh, well, I've had electrical problems all day. I remember I told you a little earlier I'd lost I'd lost part of the show. Yes, yes. this electrical storm, and now this thing is messing up. And it was messing up last week too. I don't know. I don't know what the hell. But I, I heard what you were saying. What was the last thing you said? Talking about the uh, the Big E segment, which I just felt was too random. It was very haphazard how they did like the revolving door with Apollo, the Dirty Dogs, uh, Sin uh, Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura. It just felt very random. I know it was to set up the six-man tag for the folks in Cleveland while they went to the Miami uh, Festival, but it just felt very haphazard how they put that together. Well... They let they they got it going, and here all these names come. Same names, by the way. But one thing I want to say: I am so glad tonight we got some new people. We got Finn Balor; we, he's new. We got Tony uh, Tory Storm, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Then you got Cena. They're all new, and what a refreshing change! And which which was another thing that made made the show good because you had different people that they hadn't seen in a while and they made their debut and, and it was good. I'm so glad to see that actually in that eight man tag or whatever they had, it was the same guys. And I'm <laughs> glad I didn't see it. Tell you the truth, because what else can they do really? I mean, there's, there's no story there. I mean, they've all had interactions with each other, but there's no, uh, I guess contiguous story that connects I mean, that connects them as a group. Yeah, they kind of have a story with Apollo and Big E, but I'm over that story. They've told yeah. it too much. Like as soon as as soon as Big E coming out, and I'm just like, I want to hear what Big E has to say after winning the Money in the Bank, and then Apollo interrupts him. I'm like, oh god, not a fr freaking another rematch on this goddamn show. I will not. I can't hey, take it anymore. You, so you I'm happy. You, you cursed. You need. I, I came close. You, you, I came close. I, 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 no, I, I, I heard you. it. Okay, all right. I don't want you to get canceled here. People, <laughs> when people writing sports, you did, hey, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, but, uh, but let's talk about Miami a second. Yes, because that was the next segment. They went, and they went right from there. You know, the eight man getting started with that big eight way. And then they went to Miami. Brother, that looked like, to me, now, I'm going to go back many, many years. I'm going to go back 50-something years. It looked like Woodstock. It did. Remember Woodstock, how packed it was? I mean, yeah. that was their first super concert they've ever had out in the middle of nowhere. And Where is Woodstock? New York? 
Uh, I think it's New York State. I think Woodstock is. Probably. But, probably uh, upstate. And I saw a number. You know, I do closed captioning because I can, sometimes I can't hear those announcers yeah. that well. But I saw the, I saw the number, 200,000 up there. Did they say 200,000? I'm not very, I'm not very sure, but it definitely looked like uh, over, definitely over a hundred thousand. Yeah, attendance. I, I, I would say one of the biggest festivals. I may, I may be wrong, but and what is that festival? What? It's a, it's a hip hop festival. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got like Bobby Schmurder was gonna perform at one point. I did hear a "We Want Bobby Schmurder." Uh, chant by the fans. The fans, you know, I don't, I don't know how well they advertised that it was going to be WWE matches for them, but the aesthetics of it all just looked really cool, really, really, uh, like it was just different. And, and oh, that it was, was different. Want. It was different. It was, it was people from. They didn't have walls, but it was from yeah. to the horizon. It, it was people, and they had one shot in there that I really like because I'm a, like a part-time amateur photographer, but I know a good shot when I see one. It had the sunset and the clouds and like a, not a palm tree, but it could have been over the shooting through the ring. What a great shot that was. And it then was. I, what was going, do they, did they have a drone over the crowd that was? Yeah. Yeah. They had a drone a couple of times and that just made you can see the size of the crowd. It was really, those were really great shots that they were getting of the crowd, regardless of them actually being in the, into the match. You can just play that on replays and highlights and it looks great. Yeah. Chad Gable and uh, Dawkins. Yeah. They had, they had a good match. Who was the, 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 the rapper who stayed around ringside. Who was that guy? Uh, that was Wale. Wale is the one that actually does the theme song for Big E, which that's why I thought that they were going to have Big E at the Rolling Loud so he could perform his theme song and have him come out that way. But instead, they had him come out, uh, get the crowd hype, saying, we we want the smoke for uh, for the Street Profits. Then we had uh, Angelo Dawkins versus Chad Gable, which I thought was a fine match. These guys have it a long good. history with each other, uh, Dutch. They were actually tag team partners in NXT uh, before they went to television, and they both have an amateur wrestling background. Uh, Angelo Dawkins got the win with a spine buster. What did you think about this matchup? Oh, it was a, it was a great match. It, it's a great match against a great backdrop. It doesn't really matter if Chad gets beat or not. I mean, the, the yeah. Heat's really Otis and the team more than individually, but but it was good. What was whatever came off of uh, Dawkins' arm or wrist or something and fell into the ring? Uh, I think it's, it's like one of those armbands that he has. And, and I'm thinking, and I know it happened, but why didn't the referee get that out, you think? Stuff like that bothers me. I mean, you know, if that had been Kevin Dunn, he'd be saying, get that out of the ring right away because, you know, they're going to use that footage and they don't want that. You know, we saw it happen. So it surprised me that they didn't tell that referee to get it out of the ring. It's, it's a little thing, I know, but you don't leave, you know, you don't leave stuff like that in the ring, which I thought uh, either the referee didn't get, he didn't get the message or they didn't send it. But yeah. He, but it seemed like as a referee, he would have known to pick it up himself and move it. He just he just went with the flow. But that actually went into like a seamless transition from that yes. match 
into the SmackDown Women's Championship matchup with Bianca Belair defending the title against Carmella. I kind of like how they explained why Carmella was getting a rematch, even though she lost last week, that uh, Bianca Belair used her hair, and they made that a whole story where Bianca said, if you don't touch my hair, I'm not going to use my hair. And this was a good short match. Uh, it was just under five minutes long, but the ladies went in there. They performed all their moves. Uh, Bianca Belair got the victory with the KOD. What did you think about this match this week? Uh, I liked the match. It, it was the right length. The right person went over. But this tells you Bianca Belair's stock in WWE. Where was she on this card? She was uh, the top. Top of the hour, yeah. Of the second hour. And and she held. Uh, she'll hold her. She will hold the, the viewers. Yeah. Because Bianca Belair, what they got in her, the little girls like her, the little boys like her. Everybody likes her, especially the young kids. And I'd hate to, I'd like to see her royalty check at Christmas. Because <laughs> she will burn it down. Yes. And, I mean, and that shows you how much they think. Because I, I said, you know, back two, two months ago, maybe three months ago, that Bianca Belair was being held in high esteem in WWE, not only for her work ethic and her in-ring appearances, but her her merchandise appeal. Yeah. And and her appeal to the young kids. And you looked out in that crowd, not necessarily so much in Miami because you had adults there, but you look out in the crowd in Cleveland, uh, along the walkway when they come in, the ramp, a lot of tons kids. and tons and oh tons and tons of kids but wwe has ever always operated under that theory the kids yeah. sometimes they would they would devolve the product down so far that it appealed only to the kids but after a while you know and i think what we saw tonight maybe uh, here we go again i may be wrong but i think you you saw a reinvention of wwe you know what they reinvented? You know the movie, the movie matches when they just clip and yeah, like like Undertaker did. Yep. You know, you, you first of all, you saw probably Mick Foley said, "Hey, I can do that." <laughs> Even Ric Flair said, "Hey, I can do that." Or Sting, "Hey, I can Sting, do that." Sting went and ahead they, and did it and in AEW. <laughs> and and the thing is, yes, they can do it. And yes, people will be interested enough to watch it if they don't overdo it. And this is his last match or whatever. Yeah, it draw a it draw a hell of a rating, I think. Or it it draw a hell of a buy rate. So uh, Romeo actually makes a good point here in the live chat. He says, if you put John Cena in front of that crowd, they'd be more excited. Talking about the Miami uh, Rolling Loud. They don't know uh, who these guys are. I mean, I, I like the aesthetics of it all, Dutch. But the one thing I didn't like is that they, the, the crowd could care less about whatever was in the ring. I, I even yeah, made, but a, I made a tweet that if they did the Schmurder dance, they probably would have cared a little bit more about these matches. That was the one thing that I felt like was a little disconnect that they could have gave these guys at least one major star to kind of get the crowd into things. Well, this is my thought. I'm not a uh, hip-hop fan. I mean, I, I kind of like some of their stuff. But I couldn't tell you, and I used to be a country fan. I couldn't tell you now even one country artist because the genre left me. Yeah, now, Country music is not country music. So if you're going to be 
the same as everything else, the, the rock music, then you've lost me. If I'm going to listen to country, I'll listen to country. But see, I, and I listen to hip hop a little bit, but not much. But I think uh, it wasn't so much, you talk about the crowd being there, not interested in wrestling. It wasn't yeah. about that. It was about the, you call it the aesthetic yep. of, the, of the image, of the scene. All those people. And the wrestling True. ring is right in the center of that universe. So when people see this in 10 years or 20 years or even 100 years, they say, wow, yeah. look at that. They won't remember the fans if they even responded at all. That's not the point. The point is all those people around that ring. And did you see their setup, all those big screens? Yeah. How, how much you think it cost them to put that up? Now, I don't, I don't know uh, if the concert definitely in, the, in the hundred thousands, probably. The, I bet $200,000 yeah. to, to put that up. And it's not cheap. And I really like their, I don't think WWE, I think they advanced pro wrestling with that with that appearance at that uh hip-hop concert i guess it's hip-hop right is that what it is yeah yeah it's hip-hop. Hip-hop. <laughs> yeah and and what they do that that will cross all the all the news organizations hey wwe was uh he was at this big concert and he drew all this money uh, all these people and and they will associate that with wrestling did you see bianca belair and dawkins and ford in that dollar general commercial Oh yes, yes, yes! I did catch that. I mean, it, they to got me, to that's, that's that's genius. Yeah, that's, they're, that's, they're, that's, they're trying to make them crossover stars, and I think it's a it's a cool thing what they're doing with uh what they're doing with Bianca Belair, and and in in by that they're doing with that with uh, Montez Ford. I, I I like that they're trying to make them more mainstream and more crossover, especially with the fact that Bianca was working with Sasha Banks, who is kind of making her way into the mainstream as well. Yeah, well, I think Bianca, she she did that drop kick again tonight too. Remember that drop kick? I said. Yeah, it, it still like, it still doesn't look good. <laughs> here's a here's a girl that is so agile that she can do the kip up. Yes. You know, all the time I was in wrestling, I never could do a kip up. I could do like a kick out, and that's what it would look like. But I never could do it. And here she does it perfectly, but yet does a one-legged drop kick. Again, that's nitpicking. That's just me. But she's very talented, very good-looking girl. So is uh, Carmella. And I think they represented not only themselves, but WWE tonight very, very well. Yes. Uh, like I said, my only nitpick is that the fans could have been into it a little bit more. But like you said, it's all about how the visual looked. And it was a great visual there. And then we went back to Cleveland, Ohio. Like we said, they had the Baron Corbin segment. Uh, <laughs> it seems that he's going to be in some type of partnership with Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens made the save for him against the Dirty Dogs. What, you, what did you think about that tag team, Corbin and Kevin Owens? Oh, it's it's good. I didn't know. I didn't know Corbin was so tall. How tall yeah. is he? He's, he's six about five, right. Six, he has six. to be like six five, six six. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a big boy. But I think this is done more for the Baron Corbin brand. Yeah. Than him being King Corbin. Now he's he's at least has a light being shined on him, and now and we go back to story. Once you tell the story about someone, it's easy to do something with him. Uh, and I remember when he, when Owens come up to him, he said, "Hey, you were, you were like a bad person. You were, 
you know, you didn't care and for eight years or whatever. Now you, now you know what it's like to be brought down and he gave him some money. But I thought, you know, I just said this, that if he just nailed him from the back, that would be a way to turn him back, but it's too soon. Yeah. But now you're taking notice of Baron Corbin. He's cooking. They, they put the kettle on the stove and they let it sit there and, and bring it and brought it to a bar. They let that simmer. And when they get ready to turn it up, you just turn the heat up on it and you got your product. They you got, you got your, happy Corbin. You got your, you got your meal ready. And then he got robbed of those dirty dogs. Build the sympathy. Yeah. And, and he's laying there and because the two girls hit him in the, the <laughs> nether regions with a, what was it? A, a t-shirt or a, I think it's like a ball. It's like a, a tennis, tennis, ball. tennis ball. Yeah. And he, he's laying there and, you know, Kevin made the save on him, even though Kevin doesn't like him, you know, he showed his humanity yeah. by coming to his defense and saying, Hey, get away from it. And they, that was perfect. There was no need for them to get into a fight and there's no need to get in a, a big brawl. But now they've connected those two. See, it's simple stuff. It's just simple stuff simple stuff without overdoing it uh the first time they meet i used to have trouble with with this one guy and he was a good booker but he tried to do everything at one time he wouldn't he would just shoot everything at one time but i said take your time a little more let's tell the story he never understood my philosophy and i didn't understand his so but that's the philosophy i've always operated on because now you got time to think about it. The fans got time to think about it. And this show tonight, there was a lot to think about. And I think the people will remember this show for a long, long time. Especially because of, of the Miami portion of it. Hit a, hit a, listen, I've seen and been in thousands of, of, of wrestling matches. But this show here is was the most standout show. This was better than a pay-per-view. I thought... I think I think you should you should definitely go out and uh, watch Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank was great, and yeah. uh, this was a follow up to it. But uh, outside of the the Roman Reigns promo, which was my favorite uh, part of the night, I would say second to that was Edge's promo. Edge came uh, out to a massive reaction, a massive pop, and he cut a really damn good promo talking about uh, Seth Rollins costing him the Universal Championship at Money in the Bank. We lost Dutch again. Hopefully he's going to come back. But uh, yes, uh, Edge talking about how Seth Rollins cost him the Universal Championship matchup against Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. He said that he's learned from the evilest minds in the business. And Dutch is back. Dutch is back. I don't, know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. It's all right. I, it's I have no idea what's wrong with my internet. But I've had trouble with it all day long because it's a storm that moved through. It's all right. We understand, Dutch. It's Florida. Florida weather, man. It gets and it, it and it, I don't understand the internet anyway. I don't understand websites. I don't under. I know how to read them, and I know how to put stuff on them. But that's about it. I mean, <laughs> when I'm looking at how to do this stuff, I said, I mean, I just can't do it. I just, yeah, I don't understand it. Of course, I've never taken any class, which might be a thought. I might need to get educated on this stuff before. Start trying to do computer it. science. <laughs> oh. So, what were you talking about? I was talking oh, the about ed edge. the edge. 
Edges, great promo, talking about he's learned from the evilest minds, talking about he, uh, he's he been in the brood, he's been in the Ministry of Darkness. He got a huge pop for that Ministry of Darkness mention. And uh, then that led to Seth Rollins coming out. He calls Edge grandpa and basically mocks him. Uh, they, they talk about their past with each other, how Edge says that Seth Rollins is disappointed because he didn't pull the trigger when he uh, could have laid him out, could have broke his neck again in 2014. And Seth Rollins says he won't he won't uh you know hesitate to pull the trigger once again and then this leads to a whole big brawl between the two men edge his education then he sets up for the spear but seth rollins runs out i thought this was a great starting point for the build-up to SummerSlam when it seems like it's going to be edge versus seth rollins what about you dutch i like that because they set it up here and all, all they would do they were maintenance this match it's called, you know, that's what it's called. You just maintain what, what, what you have built, but don't go too far with it to give it away. That's my old saying. And yeah. that's what Eddie Graham told me this one time and a brilliant, brilliant Booker back in the day. And I read the other day, uh, but what works, this is a young guy talking. Well, what worked back in the day won't work now. Yeah, you're right. That's right. But now, but if you got somebody who knows to take their time and they learn to make movies, they learned to do wrestling matches. They learned to do songs. They, they needed, they learned every genre, how to do it, but still the basic facts still remain when you're booking a, a wrestling uh, program is don't go too far to where you can't back it up. So yeah. if you go too far, you give it away. You've already given it away. And so what's the purpose of seeing it? But they did. This was perfect tonight. Like you said, they didn't, they give it, they started it and didn't give it away too much and now they got ever now see what they've done the writers or the the creative people have a full board in front of them that they can go nothing is restricted nothing is cut off yet but if they went too far it's like a board is here and if you do the too much the first time the board fills half up well you've cut out half your room you can move in so and they did it right i don't know who i don't know who put this show together but who, whoever did it, uh, they did a good job. But great, great job. Definitely did there. And like I said, the, the crowd was very much invested in the Edge and, uh, and Seth Rollins segment. But what they weren't too invested in was the next match, which was Tony Storm versus Selena Vega. I thought and Tony why? Storm and, and, and why? Because they're they're new, they're both very new. Like Tony Storm is not is not known to the casual wrestling fans. If you don't watch NXT, NXT has a minimal uh, audience compared to like a SmackDown or to a Raw. So it made sense that like she didn't get a big reaction. Selena Vega, she's only been back for a month, Dutch, but she's already got the jobber entrance. So I yeah. don't know how 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 anyone can can debate with me that this was a good decision on her part. No offense, no offense. I mean, she's no, probably it, making a, a pretty a good. Decision, but, a good decision on her part to come back yeah i mean I, as far as creatively yeah. as far as creatively i know she's making money and money is 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 predominant over it pretty much anything i know it Everything. is for me in a lot of things but as far as like if you're a person who she's seen from her tweets and what she said after being released that she cares more about her principles and you know creative freedom this is not it and she was used as an <laughs> she was used as well, an you know what happened? I think I, I think the light bill came to you. And oh, wait a minute! I, I might need to pay this bill. I won't be sitting here in the dark. Uh, 
but yet she came back. Yeah. And she had to maybe suck a little bit of pride up, but it's better to get a check because now you know her, even though she got beat a couple of times, you know, her. now it's just because somebody gets beat. Don't mean they're dead. They're just, they're just playing. It's like a movie. You're playing a, a lesser role, but once you know that person, then they can rise right up. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not even talking about her losing. I'm just talking about the yep. jobber entrance. Like she, she's already. Well, she didn't in get. The ring. She didn't get one. Exactly. Exactly. The jobber entrance is that you're already in the ring. That's the jobber entrance for me. Okay. What do you think of Tori Storm? <laughs> I, I I really liked her and I loved her finish. Uh, we see a bunch of people in the chat who seem to really like her finish and how she looked here. She she just uh came out. She has a great look to her. Uh, she just has a certain appeal, and I like the fact that they positioning her as a babyface. She was a heel in NXT before she uh, got called up, but I feel like she's always been more comfortable and better suited as a babyface. And that finisher, a, it was like a judo throw into a cutter. She called it the, they called it the Storm One. That was a great way to finish, and that got an actual reaction from that Cleveland crowd. Was that what the was your forward row with the with the leg hitting? Yeah. Is that it? Okay. You know, she did another move too that I've never seen. Or maybe I envisioned this because, you know, of, of Kevin Dunn doing, I mean, I, I, I'm getting, jump oh my God, I'm getting uh, whatever, you know, from all those changes. <laughs> but I think she did an elbow drop when she was laying on the ropes mm -hmm. and she came and her feet went out and she dropped the elbow. Yeah, it was like a sliding elbow. Yeah, well, um, I've never, I've never seen that before. Yeah, but anyway, was, I, I liked it. Now, Tony Storm, you know, they promoted what three weeks. About so the people about who weeks, didn't, yeah. the people that didn't know her from NXT UK, they at least got that 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 build up, and now they're looking for it. So I, when she was coming up, and I had actually forgotten. They announced her last week that she's going to make yeah, a debut. I'd actually forgotten that, but I was looking forward to her coming out, and I wasn't disappointed at all because she's a, she's a good-looking girl, great look to her. She she doesn't weigh 110 pounds, and she looks like she could go. Yeah. And then, so anyway, I, I enjoy I enjoyed the match, and it went to perfect time because a lot of girls' matches kind of you you get lost in some of their. I mean, even a short match, you know, they act like they don't know what to do. This girl did. How long has this girl actually been a wrestler, been a performer? Uh, she's been wrestling since she was about 14 years old, so almost a decade now. She's only uh, 24 24 years old so she's got a lot of time ahead of her and she gives me like the vibes of a trish stratus as yeah. far as like her look and her appeal and i think she has a bright future for sure you know a bunch of people loved her debut here calling her a future champion and she's been a champion at every stage of the game whether in japan in the uk nxt uk so i'm hoping that she gets that same success on the main roster well she is not like some girl that just came off the independent circuit yeah, she come up through the ranks. She come up with NXT UK, so they know what she can do, and they know what they've done with her there. And I do think that she will be, she she will get a title. She she'll be in the mix because uh, I'm thinking I think her and Balaka Belair would be a hell of a match. It really would already, already, because both of them are physical, both of them uh, great looks. And I, I, I haven't heard her interviews. Does she talk well? Yeah, she talks very well. Okay. 
then she, she's got it all then. So I'm looking forward to her. I, you put me down as a, a, a Tory Storm fan right now. You're I'm a, a, I'm, you're, I'm a Stan. What is a Stan? That's like a, what is that? S-T-A-N. It's, What's it like it's, a, like the, it's like the next level of being stalking, a fan. Stalking, it's a stalking fan is what it means, right? The stand. Basically, basically that it comes from the song Stan by Eminem, but he had okay. a stalker fan. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> but we but have, I, li- I liked it. We have one more match to talk about, Dutch. It was Jimmy Uso, one half of the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions with his brother Jay versus Dominic Mysterio with Rey Mysterio in his corner. And I thought this was a fun matchup, a fun like little main event, main matchup that we saw on this show. Uh, the fans gave uh, both teams a very good reaction. Uh, but it was Jimmy Uso this time getting the victory thanks to a roll-up with help from Jay. I thought, like I said, I thought the match was very good but i thought the finish was a little clunky like they messed up on the springboard into the samoan samoan drop which was supposed to be you know reversed into the sunset flip and then jimmy uh cradled him up but they seemed like they mistimed the spot a little bit but other than that it was a fun contest what did you know they probably mistimed the spot but they actually worked through it and it looked like they were struggling to get advantage and it looked like a shoot and it was because he's working hard to get get in position. Now, if you're watching it as a fan, you're thinking they're working to gain uh, a real advantage, but they're just working to get into get into the space they need to be in. I, I thought the show, the match was good. The right person won too, and uh, they went on stage. I didn't bring this up, but when uh, who came out had the staircase behind him on the on the on the screen? Who was that? Uh, had the it was behind them? No, Apollo. Yeah. Oh, it looked great. <laughs> you know, if, if you're just looking at it, it looks like a staircase is really there on that big screen. Yeah. A, a couple of the videos that like it just adds to the to the Amios. I wasn't too big on the new set when I saw like pictures of it, but as far as like on TV, it looks great. I will say yeah, it, it does. And there was another thing I was going to bring up. I, I didn't much much. Oh. Roman Reigns, we'll get to that in a minute. This is the next one, but uh, I'll bring this up when we get there on the last one. Go ahead. Well, we, well, we already talked about the uh, the Roman Reigns promo, but what else did you have to? What no. else did you think about that one? Okay, he's coming out as royalty. Is what he's coming out as. Yes, with that music, it's great. But you can't use the robe because Nakamura had used that and Ken Corbin has used that up. He can't yeah. come out there with a crown, but yet he comes out there and he just got a white t-shirt on. <laughs> I think they could invest and make him look a little bit more like royalty. That would fit his gimmick more. Don't you think? I mean, there, there's other, this aesthetics that they can do to kind of add to it. I, I like the little gold golden gauntlet that he has as far as like his little, uh, his fist thing when he wrestles. But, and I, I kind of like the, the white shirt. The white shirt is different. It's at least different from everybody else. Everybody else wears black shirt. So him coming out to a white with the white shirt, although it can it can look a little bit plain, it does add to him being at least different and standing out. Yeah, but but his his color is up to now had been has been black, right? Yeah. Yeah, I never liked the black because on anybody to tell you the truth, because I think you need to. It's a show. You know, you wouldn't go, uh, well, you can't tell performance what to wear. 
But I think he, if, if WWE, it's not like they don't have the money to do it. I think they need to up, upgrade his appearance just a little bit. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I've been, they, I, 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 that's how I preface everything. Well, I may be wrong. And, you know, if somebody <laughs> said, well, you said this. I said, yeah, but I also said I may be wrong. So I was wrong. Okay. So what's your point? <laughs> so they don't, I, I take the point away from them before they get, get to whatever they wanted to say. Exactly. You're, you're, you're just dropping the mic. You on know me. who I'm missing tonight? <laughs> who? Kenny Bolin. I'm <laughs> he don't want to join us anymore. Hey, he, he's, called, he's, he, he called me the other day and I've known him for years. You know how long we talked? How long did you guys About say? Two and a half hours. I couldn't get him off the phone. You know, that guy, if he'd get paid by the, by the word, by word count, he'd be a millionaire. <laughs> he'd be a billionaire. To the truth. And he goes on and on and on. And then if he thinks of some, something else, he's off on that. But one thing that Kenny Bolin is not, he's not boring. No. And he was, you know, a lot of people might not know who he is because he's basically, you know, stayed around Louisville, Kentucky. He's a heat, he's a heat missile. He's a heat magnet, buddy. When he walks the ring, you immediately, you know, you just dislike the guy. And then when he starts talking to you, you want to punch him. So, but he, he was good at what he did. And, well, he, he, and he's a good guy too, because he does a lot of charitable stuff around Louisville. And he does a lot of charitable stuff for the Philippines because his wife or girlfriend was Filipino. So, you know, he, you can say what you want to about Kenny, but he's, he's got a good heart and he's an entertaining guy. Well, I'm going to pull the curtain back for the people watching us live and watching us on demand, Dutch. Kenny Bowling's going to be back with me on for the SummerSlam, for the SummerSlam preview next what? month. And I, Dutch, you joined me for the your, your first time on Sports Keto was for the WrestleMania preview. Oh, okay. So oh, I am inviting you to be on the SummerSlam preview. Me, you, and Kenny Bowling. What do you think about that? That'd be great. If oh, we could, uh, if we could it. have so, if we could have some damn tape to cover his mouth, and <laughs> <laughs> you need to give me the silencer but button, where I go and cut him off at any time. So, well, but, like no, that, see, would, that would actually be good, really. I think it's going to be that. Is, that is that is already booked. I'm gonna I'm gonna text the bosses when we're done here. That's booked in. But like you see on the screen, get your questions in for Dutch Mantel. Dutch, I have a question for you because we've yes. already wrapped up this episode of SmackDown. But we got to talk about with you the big news of the week. I know you you don't really follow AEW that closely, but yes. it's been in talks that they are going to be signing CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. What do you think about CM Punk returning to professional wrestling? And we've never really asked you, what are your thoughts on CM Punk and his impact on professional wrestling in general before he eventually, if he does, possibly make his comeback to wrestling? No, I, I, I like CM Punk. I've known him not closely, but you know, in the early days of TNA, he was there and that's where I kind of, I got to know him and of course, but I never really worked with him, but I really like, like him. And the way he got over is because it's like anything else. He had chemistry with the fans. And once you have chemistry, you will always have chemistry with those fans. And if he does go to AEW, it's actually great for AEW, but it's actually great for the wrestling business because yeah. now you have an alternative product. And you've heard this for years and years and years. Oh, WWE, they do the same thing over and over and over. 
That's why I love tonight's show so much because it was so different and you really didn't know what to expect. That's, that's the point of, that's, that's the point of wrestling. That's the point of a good movie. That's the point of, you know, seeing a live show because you don't know what's coming next. And when they hit you with it, you know, you, you're just, you're just happy that you're hearing it because CM Punk knew how to connect with wrestling fans. And once he connected, he stayed connected the same way with Daniel Bryan. They talk about him going there too. So yeah. I'm glad that when these guys, uh, and I, I can see why some guys quit WWE or they get, they get released or because that, that schedule will is brutal. It will wear you out. And even though I read that, you know, they're going back to live events, which we've seen the last two, uh, two shows we've done, they have fans in the crowd. I think a lot of those guys didn't mind staying at home and doing the virtual, no, uh, the virtual wrestling because they didn't have to do nothing. But still, and they were able WWE, to stay with their families. Yeah, and, and WWE were was obligated to pay them, and uh, so they sat home and they made a, a heck of a salary and didn't have to leave their house. So when that's over, oh, you got to go back and do it. Oh man, I hate you know. But I don't, I don't, I think they were glad to go back because I think you know wrestlers are the worst to bitch and moan and oh god i gotta do this i gotta do that till they see the check then they say oh well but even seeing the check after you made a lot of money you know even the check doesn't sometimes doesn't stimulate them because you kind of get used to it and you just feel your body yeah. but see cm punk was doing an interview one time he says or somebody i think he said we worked uh it wasn't cm punk somebody else it was a." Uh, Seth Rollins, we worked 150 days last year. And I'm thinking, 150 days? I said, hell, I've worked 150 days in four months. <laughs> well, not, but I've, I've worked 150 days in six months. Yeah. You know, we used to have deals, we'd work 300 days a year on the road in actual matches and made nowhere near the money these guys are making. These guys are making a million plus. Yeah. Hell, we was doing good to make 75 grand back in those days. And I mean, you know, you had the big guys making money, but in 75 grand, I mean, back in the 80s, that, that was actually pretty decent money. But, you know, uh, we didn't get rich. Some of them did, but we didn't. And there's more of me than they are of the, uh, the, the, the big money makers. But anyway, I liked the work. It didn't bother me. So it was just, it was just a fact of life. So, but I yeah. think CM Punk, getting back to our question, I didn't mean to get off base, but that's what <laughs> happens. You get hit on the head a couple hundred thousand times. But, uh, <laughs> but I think CM Punk, he will give AEW really a big shot in the arm. And I think if uh, Daniel Bryan goes there, he'll give him a real big shot of the arm. I would suggest CM Punk and Daniel Bryan not going there at the same time. No. I think you need, you need to, you know, here and here. Yeah, Sep sep separate them by a, at least a month. I would say. I think they're and, gonna. And remember, gonna I've told you that yeah. it's not it's not the first step you make in an angle; it's the second step. So once CM Punk goes there, what are you going to do with him? You need to have that laid out before he even shows up, which I'm sure they will, because I think if nothing else, you could actually you could ask punk what he wants to do and let him tell you what he wants to do because i think he's 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 the one thinking about his career and his trajectory 
and he would have a good idea because I think he's got a really good head for the business. He knows not to get too too far ahead. And I think Daniel Bryan, I think he should have a, a hell of a mind on him about the business because, see, I don't know how much they let them utilize that in uh, in WWE, but I think they will have a lot, a lot of room for individuality in AEW, much more than they could have in WWE. Yeah, they kind of work that into the deals where they have that kind of creative freedom. So I definitely wanted to hear your thoughts on it. And you think that it's going to be kind of a boost to their ratings and their buy rates. And what about with Daniel Bryan? More importantly, my question to you was, is this going to lead to more superstars making the same decision that Daniel Bryan did? His contract expired. He was just in the main event of WrestleMania. And now he wants to, it sounds like he's potentially going to AEW because he can work less dates, be more at home with his family, have more creative freedom and work in other places that WWE wouldn't allow him to do. Do you think this is going to lead to more people making that decision? Well, how many Daniel Bryans you got there? Not too many in that's, WWE. That's what, I, that's what yeah. I'm saying. But uh, and I don't think Daniel forgets that WWE is where they came along in his career and they helped him. I don't think he really forgot forgot that. But I no. think what happened is not like he quit WWE. I think in his head he wanted a certain uh, money amount in his contract that I don't think WWE was was willing to give up and so he used that and i don't know even how close aew came to it but at least he had an alternative yeah and now he's, he's not leaving w, uh, wwe was was just like making independent shows because aew they would give him a platform and he still has his um, now his all his merchandising is his now that's the main thing I can say. A guy jumps from WWE to AEW. I think all their merchandising kind of, I think what the company sells, that's one thing, but I think they are allowed to sell their own merchandise, which is a lot of money. It's a lot, a lot of money added up over a year's time. So, Indeed. and see, and, and, and WWE, I don't know what, I don't even know what you get out of that merchandising but I used to get my checks. I was on the low end and I would have just the biggest checks I've ever had. Just being on the low end, just for the sheer magnitude uh, and bigness that the WWE universe uncovers. uncovers. So when you get that and you said that, you, you wondered who in the hell is buying this stuff? But somebody is because the money's there. And I don't know... I did learn, somebody told me one time, I, I wanted to do it. I've, I've done, I've written two books. Uh, you can find them on Amazon. Just, you know, just search Why for you? my name. But but it, but anyway, I, I, I heard the, the book deal. Book deal is like just ridiculously low. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. But it's low, but look at the, the number of people that's in that universe. So even yeah. though I could sell a lot more books and make a lot more money, I don't know. So, and they wanted me to do it under the WWE label, and I said I don't think so. Yeah, you're not going to get as much money as you're going to do it on your it, on your own. You, I may I may be talking out of school now, but I, I asked one of the guys one time. I won't say who it was. What he got out of it, and he said a dollar and a half a book. I went, what? Dollar <laughs> and a half a book. I mean, 
that's that's not I, I was saying well yeah that's not that's not too good so not at all uh let's get this one question in before we wrap things up dutch uh we got tim lee saying hello dutch what was your favorite moment at the mid-south coliseum i think the my best most memorable moment well, i've had a lot one of my memorable moments was getting on a 20-foot high scaffold in the mid-south and i was so high i was looking straight across into the top deck 20 feet in the air Wow. And I'm thinking, why in the hell did I even agree to have this match? But probably uh, my most memorable moment in the Mid-South Coliseum was when I had my little uh, run with, with Jerry Lawler. And we were two good guys who went against each other because we, we were both heels at one time. Then we both went baby faces. Then we went against each other. And remember, I've, I've said this every time I talk to somebody, when you kind of get in that zone of, is this a shoot or is this, is this real or is this a work? We had them in that zone. Yeah. And because they actually believed we didn't like each other. And the work reflected that. Because I have a couple of matches when I'm hitting Lawler. It looks like I'm taking his head off. And him, the same thing. Because, and, but I think the people enjoyed it. Uh, he enjoyed it and I enjoyed it. So and that was my most memorable moment in Mid-South Coliseum. And, you know, when they announced me, I mean, when they announced Slaughter, half and half, half cheers, half booze. Then they announced me, half cheers, half booze. I'm the only guy who split the middle or even come close to splitting the middle with Lawler in his hometown. That's why you are the great Dutch Mantel, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Dutch, please let the people know where they can find you on social hey, media and anything you got going on. You can find me on face, uh, Facebook, uh, just Dutch Mantel, and you can find me at uh, e email at Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com and on uh, Twitter. What am I on Twitter? I forgot. Dirty Dutchman One, I think. That's or what at I am there. Dirty D Mantel. Yeah. There you I, go. That that could be it. Dirty D Mantel. I, I should remember that stuff. You know, I need to get a check mark, a blue check mark. Exactly. I don't Come know. Come on. Come somebody, on, verify. I, I need somebody to help me. How do you we, do that? Gonna, How do you do gonna that? Get, we're going to get the sports key to people on, on that for you because yeah, you please. deserve a blue check. Oh, I, you no, have enough I, followers. Yeah, well, I, I, I need help on that. Because remember, I told you, I acknowledge me. <laughs> I'm gonna do a Roman. Acknowledge me. I'm stupid when it comes to the internet. I'm just lost. <laughs> period. And I'm not the only one, but I'm probably the only one who really admits it, because everybody else they have sense enough to go out and get help. No, I'm sitting here going, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you get you you. Hey, I should do I should do do a Baron Corbin, but just but about the internet. I don't know. <laughs> And people feel sorry for me. You were you were <laughs> internet internet deprived. That's I am. I am you. really <laughs> the the man the Dutch the Dutch fund the Dutch fund dot com. Yeah, we could do that. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at TrueHeelSP3. All my work for Wrestling Daily is up on there for Powered 4 TV. And check out the True Hill Heat YouTube channel tomorrow. We go live at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. BST with True Hill Heat 135. It's going to be myself, Top Guy JJ, and our special guest, Sumera. So check that out tomorrow. Check us out next week right back here on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel with another edition of Smack Talk reviewing Friday Night Smackdown. And next week, hopefully, our good friend Dutch, Rick Utino, is going to be healthy hey, enough. I didn't, I, didn't miss, I, didn't, I didn't miss Rick tonight for some reason. Because you had me. Because he's, you had me. Yeah, he's a show monopolizer. He just wants to get the whole show to himself. You know what I mean? Hey, you know what you need on Sports Keto? You need a what? review show of our show. I I agree with you. But, but check out sportsketo.com. They do a whole bunch of articles on what Dutch has to say. Check that out. Check out the, all the great content right up here on the Sports Keto uh, Wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, Rick did an interview with Carmella this week. You can check out the Inside the Cradle podcast with Rick and Kevin Kellum. They do a great podcast every week covering the world of wrestling. Me and Kevin broke down The Rock returning at Survivor Series as well as the Daniel Bryan to AEW. Hey, that's News. what we need to talk about next week. Indeed. We will the, start off the, the Rock. Show. We, met, we missed it today and I, I intended to talk about it, but next week that'd be, a, that'd be the we central topic. We got plenty of time, Dutch, for sure. But yes, like this video, share this video on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here. Me and Dutch will see you next week right here on Smack Dog. For myself, for Dutch, for Rick Uccino, if he's in a hospital right now, send him your prayers on yeah. Twitter. We are we signing the, off. We the people. Next time.